My name is Noah Chung, and I am the Near South Church Planting Associate Pastor. Excited to share a word with uh, our families here at South Loop today. And so to begin, as Rafe kind of kicked off last week, for the first five minutes, uh, children, kids, if you can, I would love if you can give me just five minutes. I have some props here too. So five minutes, and I want to teach you about what we're going to learn um, as a family today about fasting. Okay, fasting. And so fasting is simply this. It's when you give up good things uh, to, to God. So when you give up good things to God so that you can spend more time with God. When you give up good things for God so you can spend more time with God. So let me just explain it this way, okay? And so all of us have uh, our lives. And so take this cup, for example. And, you know, many of us have different things that we do, good things. And for God, He wants to have a relationship with us. And for a relationship, you have to spend time with Him. But for us, many of us, we have good things that we do. For example, we have maybe, take this tiger, we have pets. We spend good times with our pets. For some of us, we love our toys. So uh, a little car here, a little action figure here, and we spend time doing, playing with our toys. For others of us, we like to spend time with maybe friends or our family members. And so we, we put it in our, in our life here. And so some of us, you know, we love to eat good food. And so the letter F for food. Uh, others of us, perhaps we love technology. You know, this is a little uh, old phone here, but we love to do iPad time, computer time, TV time, things like that. And then last but not least, we also uh, love to watch movies. And so take Elsa here and we love to watch movies and spend time doing that. But after a while, there are many good things in our lives and we begin to fill our cup. And as you can see here, the cup is pretty much overflowing here. And so when we think about God, God wants to also spend time with us. And take, for example, this. This is God. And God, He wants to fill us up with good things, like His relationship, His kindness, His love. And, uh, you know, this is going to be a little risky here, but I'm going to pour as God. God can fit in many cracks. He is so good to us. He can spend just two minutes, five minutes. But as we try to spend time with God, and as I pour water into this cup, there's space. But as you can see, there is so much more. There's some space here, right? Water is in the cup, but there's so much more water. And I don't want to overflow here, but if I kept pouring, it would overflow and we wouldn't have enough space to spend with God. So fasting is simply this, is when we take out the good things in our lives. So for example, maybe take out a little bit of Elsa or TV time and movies, maybe some um, iPad time or video game time even, and maybe even uh, a little bit of time with uh, our friends or our family members, and we just kind of place it aside. And so then, as we see here, we have more space so that God can fill us up even more. And so that is really what fasting is about for us. When we consider good things in our lives and we put it aside, not forever, but just for a moment, maybe for a day or once a week or once a month, and we use that time to spend with God, just like when our parents, maybe for, for you kids, when your parents, when they, when they, when you, when they ask you, can you maybe spend five minutes less watching TV? Or maybe can you uh, put aside your, your book or your toys for a little bit and spend time with mommy or with daddy? We would definitely say yes, right? And in, in the same way, God, as our heavenly father, he wants us to spend time with him. And so that means we have to say no to some good things. And so kids, just one 
maybe challenge or maybe one thing you can do this week is when you're at home, when you go home, is what is that one thing? Maybe it's five minutes of Lego time or five minutes of reading your favorite book or five minutes of watching TV. And you can say, hey, I'm going to give this time up to God and maybe ask your mom or your dad and say, mom, dad, I would love to give up my movie time, five minutes. And could you help me pray with God or maybe read a Bible story together? And I promise you, when we do that, God begins to fill us up because fasting is not just about giving things up, but it's about allowing God to fill him, God to fill our hearts, our lives up with him. And so kids, hopefully that was a, a good picture for you. Um, many things that we can learn from here. But as I begin to share now with the adults, Basically, it's the same sermon. You basically got the same thing, but I'm going to go a little bit deeper and a bit more nuanced and also describe fasting a little bit more here. And so, as you all may know, we are continuing in our uh, sermon series with the Sermon on the Mount. And um, it's in Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 through 18. And for the past couple of weeks, Jesus has been talking about improper motivations when even though we may have the best of actions and he uses examples like giving to the needy or prayer and then today about fasting he talks about how even though we may have correct actions if we have improper motivations they do not please God and so my guess with many of you though is that fasting is probably not a regular practice you have um, maybe prayer and giving is probably a more common practice. But, you know, for this text today, it's, it's, as I was wrestling with it, it's really hard to preach because this text comes with the assumption that fasting is a regular practice in your life. And so because I'm going to guess, you know, most of us probably don't practice fasting regularly is that I'm going to be spending the majority of our time um, talking about the overall practice of fasting. And so I'll get to the text a little bit here and there, but the three questions that I'm going to use to frame our time is simply this. Why do we fast? Number one. Number two, why don't we fast? And number three, how should we fast? And so let me read our passage and then pray for our time. And let me just kind of dig in after that. The passage, Matthew 6, verses 16 begins, When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full, but when you fast, put on oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Let me pray. God, we thank you for our time together here. Uh, we thank you that you are so good um, and that this simple lesson of fasting, I, I believe it's so profound and so important for many of us in uh, the church. And so I pray, God, that you may be with us. Uh, I thank you for the time to just share with the, with the children today. And I pray, God, that as they are wrestling with what fasting is, what they can give up, what good things they can give up, I pray right now for no matter how young they are or old they are, God, that you may give them maybe that one thing they can give up that's good where they can spend time with you. Just press that upon their hearts and allow um, our amazing parents to support them in that and disciple them well in that as well, God. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So let me just begin. Why do we fast? And so let me just start with a, a simple biblical definition of fasting. It's fasting is when you abstain from food or drink 
for spiritual reasons within a certain time period. Okay, very general, I would say. Um, it's not spiritual dieting. It's in you know other religions also fast too. But particularly in scripture, I'm just going to kind of go through a couple of examples that we see in scripture and why people fast. In the Old Testament, the practice of repentance or lament was commonly associated with fasting. They would fast when there was when they were expressing sorrow or when there was death and when they wanted to turn back to God and turn away from their sins. Like in the story of Jonah, when um, he told Nineveh that they needed to repent, the king of Nineveh called a fast and they repented so that God would maybe relent of his punishment. We also see in the Old and New Testament that fasting is commonly tied to prayer. Individuals like Esther or Ezra called for fasting and prayer so that God would hear the request. And even in the New Testament, we see uh, people like Paul and the elders would, would fast and pray to appoint the right leadership in new church plants. Um, also in Mark 29, we see when the disciples, when they couldn't cast out this particular demon, Jesus came in and he went full boss mode and he went, he cast the demon out and they asked Jesus, why couldn't we cast this demon out? And he said to them, this can only be cast out by fasting and prayer. And so we see also that in fasting and prayer, there's this spiritual, uh, I would say even power behind it. But probably the most significant example of fasting that we see is when Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights after he was baptized. You know, the Holy Spirit sent him to the wilderness to prepare his spirit and body for his future earthly ministry. But during that time, he was tempted and tested by the devil. And in one instance, he was told to turn stones into bread. But then Jesus recalls Deuteronomy 8.3 and he says, Man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So even for Jesus, fasting was a way to forego his bodily wants and needs for a period of time to rely on the power of the Spirit and on the word of God. And there are many other examples, but what's clear in Scripture is that fasting is more than just not eating food. Instead, fasting is an act that demonstrates our dependency on God. And to expand our understanding a bit, just as I kind of explained with the kids, fasting is also abstaining from anything you can consume. For example, like social food or intellectual food or relational food or entertainment food that can distract you from your relationship with God. Let me ask you this. What things do you rely on to get you through your day that has nothing to do with God? What things do you rely on to get you through your day that has nothing to do with God? Perhaps it's a specific food item like coffee or dessert or that glass of wine. Or perhaps it's that workout or that end of the day Netflix or that consistent scrolling through your social media. Now, these aren't bad or sinful things. They can be good things. I mean, food is good, right? But hear this. Fasting is intentionally foregoing the good to draw us back to the ultimate. All right? Fasting is intentionally foregoing the good to draw us back to the ultimate, which is our relationship with God. When we fast and deny uh, consuming good things, that hunger and that weakness that begins to open us up to, to have more time and, and concentrated time in prayer and repentance and seeking and searching for God to know Him more. And you know, as I was preparing for this week, I asked myself, why do I fast? You know, I don't fast a ton. I, I still have much to grow in this discipline. It's, it's definitely not so that I can be hungry or tired throughout the day. 
But what I've just learned as a novice is that it always reminded me of when I'm hungry, that I'm weak, that I'm really dependent on food. And I ask myself, am I also that dependent and hungry to know God in that same kind of way? And I can't explain why, but in those fasting moments, if, if you fasted before you've experienced this, the, the wor- our prayers become a little bit more earnest. Our times in the Word become a little bit more longer and, and, and bolder. Our spiritual ears and hearts become a bit more sensitive to hear the gentle voice of God. In passages like 2 Corinthians 12, 9, just come more alive to me when I fast. It says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. We have so much room to grow in our fast, and there's so much also to learn on why it is important for us to fast. But if we were honest with ourselves, most of us, and including myself, I I just, we don't fast. And I ask the question, why? Why don't we fast? Which is my second question. Why don't we fast? And the simple question, or simple answer is, we just don't want to. We just don't want to. If I asked you to give up food for an entire day to pray and draw near to God, many of us, almost all of us would say, that's extremely admirable, Noah. But when you would be asked that question, we would think long and hard to say, do I really want to do this? We, we love food. I love food. I don't want to give that up. And if we go deeper into our hearts and deeper into our culture and our society, I think there are two big uh, values or implicit values that go against the grain of fasting. And those two things are consumerism and performance. Just quickly going through this, consumerism, it carries this idea that whatever desire you have, whatever you want to eat, play with, have, consume, it tells you, go have it, go buy it, go eat it, go do it. We live in a mindset that says the, cost, the customer in our culture is always right, which demands our appetites, our desires, our customizations to be constantly filled. We don't like to be denied our desires. Now, there are many desires in our culture that go unchecked, but let me just take one desire that rarely goes unchecked in our culture, and it's the unchecked desire of food. Or more officially, if, when it becomes a sin, the sin of gluttony. As a country where food is abundant, I would say that there is a deep-rooted sin where we overconsume food and drink and where we lust for certain types of food. Yet it, you know, it's not crazy how we how we treat this unchecked desire that this idolatry of food is not a big deal. We we do it all the time. But when we look at fasting, literally denying food, it goes against this consumeristic mentality that many of us don't want to give up. Perhaps it's not food for you. Perhaps it's shopping or consuming media or consuming fun experiences or something else. Being a consumer overall is not wrong. We need to eat. But some of us, our love to consume has outweighed and distracted ourselves from the ultimate, our relationship with God. Along similar lines, another value we uphold is performance. The idea that no matter what you do, if you're a coworker, a parent, a student, or even a Christian, you have to get the right results. You know, we are a culture and society filled with graphs and reports and performance reviews because being productive and being a high achiever is very valued. Not wrong. Performance, again, it's a good thing. But what happens when you introduce the idea of fasting to a high-performing society? No food or drink 
That means that, well, my performance is going to suffer. I won't be as sharp. I, I won't work as well, study as well, parent as well. I'll become weaker and more frustrated because I'll be less productive. Now, if you can picture a, a line graph, the production and performance that we have in our culture is to always go to the top right, always to grow, always to grow, more sales, more results. But when we think of fasting, it's almost like the opposite. It's like the graph line is going down. It's going to the bottom right. And for some of us, we just don't want to fast because we value our productivity and our efficiency more than the ultimate, more than our relationship with God. Let me ask you, how much have we elevated good things over our relationship and intimacy with God? You know, I don't know if you all parents were paying attention to the cup illustration that I gave with the kid, kids today. But let me tell you, adults, that our cups aren't bigger than this. They're the same size. And we fill our cups with the same exact things, maybe a little bit different. Maybe there are certain work things, leisure things, material things, things that we watch on media that we fill our times with. And God is wanting to fill us up more, but he can't because there's simply no space in our lives for him to have a relationship with us. And God wants to reclaim that space in our lives because he desires to know us. And we desire, I hope that we desire to know him. You know, in our text today, there's three short verses. Jesus is specifically calling out the Pharisees for essentially showing off or showboating their fasting. They would literally put on ashes and disfigure their faces so that people could see and say, wow, look at that righteous person. Look how he's fasting. And those people would give the Pharisees praises. But Jesus called them hypocrites because fasting, fasting was never meant to be used to flaunt your righteousness. It was meant to be pursued in secrecy with a personal relationship with God. Fasting wasn't meant to be a religious practice that you just kind of checked off, it, but it was done because our hearts desperately wanted to draw near to God, that we would not fast out of obligation or for others, but fast with great joy for an audience of one. It's all about motivation. Because, you know, if we look at our lives, you know, for example, all of us have loved ones. We all have loved ones. No matter what you are doing, and if they asked you for help, or if they needed something for you, even if you thought they needed help, we would drop whatever we were doing to be with them, right? For me as a parent, uh, for less than just two years now, if my son genuinely cries, not whines, genuinely cries and asks for appa, which is Korean for dad, there is almost nothing that will stop me from going to him. I will drop anything and everything for him. So much so that I will deny any good thing, my sleep, my resources, the work that I'm doing, my comforts to be with him and to be near him. And when I give up those good things, it isn't, it's not a pain for me. It's not, it's not hard for me because of the joy of loving and being in a relationship with my son. And even if you aren't parents, you can relate to this. We'll give up our time and our energy to be with our close friends, our family members, just to show them that we care, that we love them and want to be with them. We'll deny ourselves of certain resources, of certain pleasures, and even food so that our closest people next to us can be blessed with those items. We'll give up vacation days, times driving, or hours driving in the car, or hours on the telephone, so much more to our significant others. When we love someone that much, denying ourselves of good things isn't an obligation or burdensome task. It becomes a joyful sacrifice to deny ourselves 
for their sake. Church, in the same way, when we look at the gospel, Jesus, because of his great love for us, denied himself life and comforts so we could be in a relationship with him. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, walked down the ladder of divinity to humanity, denying himself by becoming a babe, weak and small. He lived among us, ministered among us, healed us, cared for us, denying himself earthly power and prestige. He loved us so much that he denied his life on the cross for our sake, for our sins, so that we can enter into an eternal relationship with our Heavenly Father and have eternal life. Jesus gave up everything so that we could have everything. And in three days, in his victory over sin and death would be a declaration that says, if you believe in me, if you follow me, you will have no problem denying yourself the comforts and pleasures of this world because you know that I am all you need. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am living water. I am the resurrection and the life everlasting. And when Jesus died on the cross, it wasn't, some burden, it wasn't burdensome for Jesus. Because as Hebrews 12 says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Because of Jesus' love for us, it was a joy for Christ to give himself up for us. Not saying that it wasn't hard. But it was a joy because he knew the relationship that he wanted to have with us, his followers, his children, his people. So in the same way, church, when we fast and deny ourselves of good thing, we do this out of joy that we have in our relationship with our God, our Heavenly Father. It is our joy to give up good food for a day so that we can draw near to Him. It is our joy to give up media and entertainment so that we can draw near to Him. It is our joy to give up sleep work, and even time with loved ones so that we can draw near to Him. If Jesus gave up His own life so that we can draw near to Him, what can we deny so that we can draw near to Him too? So I encourage you, church, just one simple thing I hope that you can take away, that you fast but with great joy. You fast with great joy. I know, I know, it goes against the grain of consumerism, of productivity, of just even just our comforts. I believe that if we became a church that earnestly prayed and fasted, like just on, on a regular basis, we would, God would do so much great work in South Loop, in our church that we, could, we couldn't even imagine. Which brings me to my last question. How do we fast? That how then should we fast? Now, there are a ton of practical tips of fasting, uh, especially for many of us who have not probably fasted regularly in our lives. But let me just mention three, three practical tips. Number one, if you haven't fasted before, I would encourage you to start small. For fast one meal or fast a particular food or drink item you enjoy, fast social media or anything that distracts you or you enjoy just too much. But if you are able to, I would strongly recommend that you fast food. I know there are dietary restrictions. I know that even uh, I, people that I know have that. But if you can start with food, there's, there's something that physical hunger, you just can't replace that. Again, don't overdo yourself. You know, in baseball terms, just, just get on base. You don't have to hit a home run. Just get on base. And also, just a kind of a reminder here, you can't fast from a bad habit. 
Okay, you, you can't fast from lying or being angry or other sins. That's something that as a Christ follower, you should already be doing. Fasting, as I said before, is denying good things for the sake of knowing God. Number two, uh, do not just subtract, but add. Don't just subtract, but add. Sometimes we are so focused on eliminating food from our day that we forget to add on intentional times with God and have a relationship with Him. Remember, it's, it's a relationship. So when you fast, build a, prayer, build, build a plan of prayer. Build out journaling. Build out times of solitude, scripture passages. Find an accountability partner or do it within community. Have a goal. You know, as someone said about fasting, without a purpose and plan, it's not Christian fasting. It's just going hungry. I found it helpful for myself, actually, to listen to worship music as I fast because it reminds me why I'm fasting and who I'm fasting for. And also, if you do it within a small group or accountability group, it even helps more as your brothers and sisters can encourage you and keep you accountable. Number three, as in our text says, do not tell others of your fast when you're fasting. The whole idea of when Jesus says when you have to wash your face, it's not some like extra like, exuberant thing where you're trying to wash your face and make it clean. He's just basically saying, keep a normal face throughout the day. Don't look disfigured. Don't look so sad and, and broken because fasting is between God. It's not between you and others. It's between you and your relationship with God. There should be no absolute, like absolutely no reason you post about your fast on any social media feed. Now, an exception may be if you're fasting and you're going to work, uh, if you're going to work physically, right? And their coworker asks, why aren't you eating lunch? That actually might be a good opportunity to share why you're fasting and about who Jesus is. But besides that, there is no reason to tell others about your fast besides those who may be close to you, like loved ones or roommates, just to let them know that you're fasting. And church, can I just make even one more practical challenge for you? Can I ask you to commit to fast once this upcoming week. I know, a huge challenge, right? But just to fast once this upcoming week. Doesn't have to be the whole day. Doesn't have to be food. But what's something good, just like I challenge the kids, what's something good that you can give up so that you can spend time with God and draw near to Him? Maybe you can consider doing it this Wednesday. Maybe before the time where South Loop, where we pray together at 8 p.m. Write it down. Share with somebody. And as the passage mentions, if you do this in secret, know that your heavenly father will reward you. And his reward isn't from this earth. His reward is his very heart. That in fasting, we all become like little children, offering our empty cups with great joy, saying, Father, I'm hungry. I'm empty. Fill me with your presence so I can know you more and be closer to you more. And our heavenly father will say to us all, to all of us who offer an empty cup to him, Come, let my love, let my grace fill you up and keep you full today, tomorrow, and forevermore. Amen, church? Amen. Let me pray. God, we are so thankful for our time together here. Thankful for um, the live stream and even more thankful, I mean, even just as thankful too as we get to worship together in person later on. But I pray, God, that as we consider this topic of fasting, God, it's just so countercultural, God. And even for myself, even just preparing, it was just convicting of myself that I need to fast more, that I love food too much. I love media too much. I love pleasures that are good things, but I just love those things too much more than love spending time with you. And so God, I pray for all of us, God, that you may do just do a work in our hearts, that we may be joyfully denying good things 
to know that the ultimate thing, which is our relationship with you, takes priority and that we want to know you more, God. And so we thank you so much for this time. Bless the rest of our um, yeah gathering together here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.